Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 32 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Togcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every week that we record it, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts. If you want to see more from us, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash Temple of Geek. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and see what else we're up to. My name is Stacey, and with me is my fellow Rebel host, Amanda. What's Hello. Up? Hello. What's going on? Uh, you know, the huge. The huge. Chilling. Well, uh, I may be a big disappointment this week in terms of gaming, so we'll go ahead and start with you. I'm sure you've got something to share with us. Like, what have you been doing since last we spoke? Well, uh, I got a new rental in. Uh, Very nice. Which is Watch Dogs 2. Ooh. And yes, and I installed it. And while I was installing it, I realized that regular Watch Dogs was a free-to-play title. I had apparently downloaded it at some point and never played. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, well, I can't play the second one without at least trying the first one. Because that just seems wrong, especially when it's right here. It's a good point. Because I forgot that I when I rented it. I was like, oh, by that time, I will have played this right? because I downloaded it, and I had not. So I spent about an hour today on my lunch break uh, playing Watch Dogs. And Thoughts? It, yeah, you know what? It controls horrible. Horrible. So, yeah. yeah, you've got a bit of that Assassin's Creed-style kind of janky movement right? that I find a bit difficult to navigate. Um, driving is very much like Grand Theft Auto, so I don't super love that, because that's my least. Just Grand Theft Auto is just not my favorite game. Right. So, what is fun is, like, just walking past people and nipping stuff out of their bank account. That's super fun, and part of me wishes that it was real life, because (laughs) I would definitely change occupation. Uh, because you'll be walking by somebody and, and then I thought you would have to like choose or something like that. Like if you hacked somebody, then they would figure out that you did it and like the cops would come or whatever. But so far, it doesn't really seem to be the case. So right. yeah. I'm just going around hacking people. Will it, have you played this game? I have played the first one, not the second one. Okay. I'm just hacking people like willy nilly and there doesn't really appear to be any consequences for this. So sometimes you walk by somebody and they're like, rich bank account. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know, or whatever. So that's fun. Uh, it's less exciting when you hack them and you get a song. I'm like, what? Why? I can just steal off the internet myself. Why do I want that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that makes like less sense. 
When you hack them and you get a car, though, I want to know how that actually, like, happens in real life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, bank account I can believe. Song I can believe, although a bit pointless. Car? How? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what details are you actually hacking that, like, allow you access that person's car? Like, do you have their key fob? Do you know where they live? Are you going to take it out of the driveway? How does this appear? So... And how is this absolutely going to happen to me at some point? Yeah, exactly. But it's kind of strange. I don't I don't dislike the game. I've kind of quickly realized there's a couple types of quests that I'm not keen for. Yeah. Pretty much any of the driving quests, I just... No, I just yeah. don't care. The, like, stopping crime and running out for people and beating them senseless, That that's <laughs> kind of fun. It's right um, up my alley in real life. Exactly. I haven't shot anybody yet, and I haven't, like, gotten busted or died, so, but I haven't, like, played for that long, and I don't know if it's the type of game I could play for a long time. It seems kind of hard to find where the main story is, and it's a bit difficult to navigate, like, the buttons and menus aren't where you would, like, normally expect them to be. Um, and whenever his phone's out, he like walks like really slow. So as you should, if you're staring at your phone, you know, as, as you should, but that makes for like slightly less fun controlling. So I, I figured I'd give it a shot before I played the second one. Um, and I'm just trying to tell myself that like, I don't have to force myself to play the whole thing if I don't like it, because I could try the other one and see if I like that better, if they've improved the controls or something like that. Um, but so far, like, it, some of the missions, you know, like, the reputation-based thing, and when you kill innocent people or whatever. Like, I didn't mean to drive over pedestrians, but <laughs> it's kind of hard to, like, control the car. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not your fault. It's not so easy. You're in a high-speed chase. Like, there's collateral damage. I didn't mean anything by it. to not be there. Exactly. Well, maybe they should get out of the way when they see, like, a super fast car coming down the road. Yeah, so stop looking at your phone and get your nose out of your phone and be head on a swivel looking for Amanda who might be on the sidewalk in a vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing is there's not, like, a load of achievements either. Oh, well, then if And that... I find a... I like to get, like, quite frequent amounts of achievements. So I think I've unlocked, like, maybe one or two achievements so far. I was like, this is lame. And yeah. I can't really figure out, like, where you go to, like, buy, like, a new outfit or something like that. He kind of looks like a creepy stalker. Yeah, with you his, can't like, wear trench a trench coat, coat and a mask everywhere you go. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, so, probably I don't know. Be. I would rate the game a five. It so far. is amusing, and that's about it. Like it's yeah. not, it's not rocking my world. You know, I yeah. the part where you have to like, uh, you know, in the beginning when you have to scan the security cameras and like jump around from room to room and like follow like a glowy thing. The whole time I was doing that, like anxiety at all time high right. because I don't know if someone's gonna come around and like find my weird hiding spot. You know, <laughs> like that. Yeah. That there's got to be a better way than that. I feel like I could just override the building systems remotely without having to like look through all the cameras or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe it wasn't designed so great. That's my initial reaction. Yeah, I I did not enjoy it. I uh, I bought it, you know, when it came out full price and all that business. And 
because the premise seemed interesting and I don't mind the open world style games and, and the premise seemed really interesting, like I said. So I got it and I started playing it. And, and even from the beginning, I mean, the, the, the very beginning where you um, a, a considerable amount of murder takes place, you know, right at the beginning. I think if I remember correctly, there's a lot of people that die. And uh, so I'm, you know, I remember like immediately after that, and it wasn't long before, you know, I you get into your first few driving missions, and I didn't enjoy those. I didn't enjoy the controls. Um, the story didn't grab me. Um, I didn't think the main character was all that riveting, that interesting. And so I was like, well, none of this really is grab grabbing me. So um, I didn't finish it. I traded it in almost immediately. Um, I was <laughs> waste of money uh, in that respect. But um, don't you wish you could rent games? You I, know, try them before. What is this this concept of renting? Price. I know this concept. One of, of these renting, days, I'm going to convert you, and you're going to love it because you don't have to waste a second on a game that's not grabbing your attention, and yeah. you didn't waste any money. You know what true. I mean? That's no true. Money. And only the games that I was absolutely going to buy to begin with will I already buy anyway, like Mass Effect, which I did. Um. So, yeah, yeah, but that, when you rent that, you can just keep them, and they send you the box and stuff, and it's cheaper. It's cheaper. You? Yeah. It's so, like 38 bucks instead of 60 because it's already opened, you see. So you rent it and rent to buy. Is that what you essentially did? Yeah, if you if you want to, you can keep it. I kept um, Diablo when okay. I played it, um, and they just send you the box. Job Sweet. done. Yeah. Well. Because you don't you don't miss out on anything because the codes are in the box. But when they send the discs out on rental, yeah. they don't send the codes. Yeah. So you literally are out nothing. And because it's pre-opened, they can't sell it at retail. Right. So right. it's cheap. You drive a hard bargain. Um, <laughs> Just you should try it for one month and yeah. see what you think. See how many games you can honestly get through when you put a game in and you just be like, I can take this out and put it back in the mailbox anytime I want. Right. So if this game is not awesome, I'm going to do that. Sweet. Yeah, you're right. I should do that. Um, I totally will sometime. Soon. <laughs> um, yeah, soon yeah. trademark. The next one, the next one uh, will be... Uh, if it's if I'm unsure, the next one will definitely be rented. Um, yeah, I don't see myself making that mistake. But that was a couple years ago, I think, when uh, Watch Dogs came out, or a few years ago. So the first one came out, and I bought it, and, and I haven't bought another game since like that, where I was so disappointed that um, I traded it in immediately. And there are some people that like it, even for its flaws. I've heard a lot of people and a lot of buzz about the second Watch Dogs, about it being much better and then fixing a lot of the issues that the first game had. So, you know, with um, it didn't... The first game, I know, was supposed to be a little bit more highbrow and have this idea of, you know, the, the, the commentary on technology and how it's integrated. You know, it's no Black Mirror or anything like that, but it's definitely a it had some something to say about it, but I liked the way that Grand Theft Auto did it a little bit better because it was kind of tongue in cheek. They do a lot of a lot of satire on on uh, the United States in general, um, and you know pop culture and 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 all of that, especially the the most recent uh, iteration of of Grand Theft Auto. So it didn't seem to have that. That stuff didn't grab me as quickly, so I didn't enjoy it. Um, but uh, so is that all you've been playing? Yep, that's all I've been playing. 
So you're you're Which is more than you've been playing, I think. You're you probably correct. Um <laughs> How's your new direct debit five thousand? <laughs> it's currently charging. Um I'm about to go on oh, a yes. mini vacation. That's right. Handhelds have to charge. They're true. not as good as things that are plugged into the wall. <laughs> but you trade that for a bit of freedom. So like I can literally play oh, this. Oh yes, anywhere. freedom to bring another charger around. Yay. <laughs> you bite your tongue. Um <laughs> The yeah you're I mean in that respect you you are correct uh, but and I think that's that may be to me the the biggest drawback is as long as there's Wi-Fi you connect pretty easily um, and you don't have to have Wi-Fi to use it so um, those are those two things that are were necessary for me to to uh, even purchase the Direct Debit five thousand was which is the Nintendo Switch for those uninitiated uh, I've you know. I, I do. I mean, I only have one game on it right now, but it's it's just very nice. It's been a long time since I had a handheld that I enjoyed playing. I kind of passed by the 3DS, and so that's not something that uh, that really caught me. I was kind of in that in between age where I really didn't have time for anything. I had a three or I had a uh, Nintendo DS at one point, but I really played brain games most of the time because that's about all the time I had to invest in anything. And, uh, yeah, but now you're old. So what does it look like to see like an old person playing, playing a Game Boy, essentially? A Game Boy, <laughs> yes. A Switch, yeah, it's a little different, you know. So uh, yeah, the 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 DS. If I was sitting in a park, you know, waiting to uh, challenge somebody to Pokemon, that would be weird. So um, I mean, I feel like that would be restraining order territory. <laughs> that's definitely uh, you rolling the dice there, and I'm not betting on you. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, that would be weird. So anyway, yeah, that kind of passed me by, and I gave mine to my kids, and so they immediately broke it. Um, and uh, that was the end of uh, that era. Uh, so I'm a little hesitant in this. I mean, the kid, my kids are older now, so uh, using the Switch is... Um, I'm not as worried about it. However, I know how everybody is, and especially kids, regardless of the age, or you know, they'll drop my phone. I'll drop my phone. And my phone may cost a little bit more than this, but I've got insurance on it. I do not have insurance on my uh, Switch, and so I'm not I'm not really wanting to test its resiliency, how well it bounces. Um, so if oh, I'm playing, I didn't it, even think about that. Yeah, that's that's another thing. I mean, if you break it, it's done. It's you know, it's like the uh, on the on the Wii U. If you were to break your your main tablet controller, uh, I don't know what the price is for it, but that's pretty much your whole system. You know, when your when your tablet tr- controller goes down, you know there are tons of accessories. Your heart drops with it. Oh, it does. <laughs> it drops with it, and you you know you just you know I'd rather fall, take a hit, broken arm versus that because you know my arm heals, but you know that's there's that's a lot of money. Boy, down they the really have gotten to you, haven't they? I'd rather <laughs> break my arm than lose my Nintendo. Well, I, don't, I don't even care about losing it per se as much as like had I not bought it like it's like ah, you know I wouldn't be out anything but the fact that it's almost impossible to get it replaced uh, and prohibitively expensive compared to you know it, it is what makes your system you could yeah so yeah I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want that to happen so anyway um, what I've been playing is next to nothing although everywing I've picked up a little bit and, and tried to I'm, I'm I think I'm level 17 or 18 now um, which I'm not even close to where you guys I've are. I've gone off it now I'm bored 
<laughs> well, I didn't play it as hardcore as you guys did, so I'm still not quite bored with it. And if I'm sitting someplace and have nothing else to do, I'll definitely play it. Um, I am, uh, if I've played anything, uh, and I'm and I'm almost to the end, I'm in the last chapter of uh, Life is Strange. So I definitely want to share my, uh, share my results of that experience as soon as it's done. And I should be done with it before, you know, the next episode. So shouldn't be a spoiler that's a game that's a game that's over a year old and so i might discuss a little bit about that unless it is a game that you're going to play and then i'll just speak about it in general terms but i loved it i love the music i love everything about it even the angsty teenage drama um, <laughs> the angsty teenage drama which generally is not my thing but um in this game i think it's the music and how well the characters are written that I I just really enjoyed. You can get into the characters. You you really kind of feel the um, not just the angst, but I mean it, it's a it's a visceral experience. And um, and so anyway, I've I've really enjoyed it so far, and and I almost finished with it. Uh, and so that will be something we can discuss next time. So all right, topic number one. Uh, one of the things that's always interested me is this the the idea of the social of social gaming and how it's evolved over the last 30 years honestly in gaming before you know couch co-op was really your social gaming that was where it started uh and you know and that was kind of the that's the original social portion of of gaming i think and then uh you know it, it has evolved since then and so my question to you is you know in terms of online friends lists uh being a part of guilds uh, you know, how much did that play into your enjoyment of, of gaming? And, you know, is it still, does it still affect your decision to play certain games or to not play certain games? So, you know, online game lists or, or friends lists and, and uh, the joining of guilds, being a part of, you know, a social community that that's, you know, and, and all the other social options that you have now on these consoles. You know, you have the option to share uh, you know, images or still shots from your games as you're playing, you know, is that, does that play a role? So how much does this social, social aspect play into your gaming? Um, not as much as it used to. Like when I used to do PC gaming, I think having a guild and stuff like that was more of my sort of thing because I like to play with like the same group of people all the time. And, you know, learn each other's tactics and get better at raids and all that get sort of stuff. Get good. Get good. We were pretty good. Um, yeah. And some of those people are still my friends in real life. Like recently, one of my friends that I knew from my old guild in City of Heroes who lives in Canada came and visited me here and stayed for a few days. Um, well, like two weeks over here. And we like went around town and did all the stuff. And if it wasn't for gaming, I wouldn't know him. Right. So I, you know, and that's like, you make a real life friend. I, you know, had never met him face to face before the last time he had came over. Like right. went since I moved here and I met him, you know, 10 years ago online. So, you know, I think that, I think that now where it's the, social media culture has started to infiltrate gaming. It's more about like, look at me and look at what I did in my game and how many achievements I have and whatever. And it's really not about actually hanging out when I play online. Now it's pretty much just with my brother. Right. Like, 
I've got quite a few people on my friends list, but they never invite me to play anything. So <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I don't invite them to play anything either. It's just you never know what they're doing at the moment. Like you know, unless you arrange it in advance. You right. know, we're not kids anymore. So if they're watching Netflix with their wife or something like that, and some random person messages them and wants to play, you know. Diablo, like, is that a bad time? Is it a good time? You know, <laughs> hard to know. So time difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's it's probably become less of a thing for me because of you know all the sharing options and the the weird group like clan things that they try to do. Like none of that stuff actually works after like a certain age. I think MMOs are kind of designed to form groups like that because there isn't really an end, but like there's constant progression. Whereas I feel like most console games, there is an end. Um, or the only progression you get is like ranking up. You know what I mean? So like you could play a multiplayer, you could play call of duty for the rest of your life. But then when the new one comes out, you've got to get the new Call of Duty because none of your friends, you know, will be able to play with you if you're playing the old one. Just that sort of stuff isn't really fun. So I would say social gaming used to be a big part of my life. But now I pretty much just play games by myself or with my brother because people just aren't really they don't have as much time or they're not on when I'm on or or I can't play it with the volume on or talk on a headset because Frank's asleep next to me. You know what I mean? Like our, our Xbox is in our bedroom, so it's not really convenient. Like we, we don't have it in the living room. Yeah. So because we don't have, you know, money to buy 15 billion consoles, I feel like that's what they kind of like want you to do. They put all this like home entertainment stuff on the consoles, like, you know, YouTube and Netflix and all this sort of stuff, which you want to watch, like when you're, getting ready for bed you want to watch a tv show or whatever but right. if your console's in the living room where you could actually use it to do multiplayer things and play gaming that would you wouldn't be able to watch things on it yeah. in your room it would so change it's, the way it's you like they want you to sure. buy yeah it's like they want you to buy two consoles or something like that in order to make use of all the features so short answer is used to be a big deal now maybe not so much yeah <laughs> what about you I I agree. Um, you know, I think there's an irony in the social aspect of gaming now where, social, like you said, and, you know, that made me really think about it, that, yes, there is the social media culture really just is a, not about the social aspect of it as much as it is you doing something and getting the feedback from other people. You don't give a shit what everybody else is doing. You just want them to see what you're doing. So... You know, you're taking pictures of things and screenshots and getting likes or whatever, but it's not about you interacting with people and developing relationships with those people. For the most part, it's more about, uh, you know, what what you can show them and 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 the feedback you get from what you're doing. Not so much uh, truly being social, you know. So with you know, for me nowadays, and I think it's the same for me. You know, as I've gotten older, I'm the social aspect, I'd love for that to be the case. You know, if this is what I did for, if I played games for a living, then I think that that might be a, a bigger part of it, uh, you know, where you could have a friends list or interact with people. Uh, kind of funny guys do this a lot where they, they'll they play, uh, they'll have, like, gaming sessions with friends, uh, with their best friends, which is what they call their fans and, and the people who support them. 
And I think that's awesome that they that you can do that. And I used to really enjoy that. You know, uh, one of my best friends, we used to play Gears of War all the time together. And we'd play the co-op version of it. Uh, I think we played two and three together. Um, but, you know, he's married. He lives in Texas. He lives like five states away. And so us getting time and being able to do that, he's a firefighter, so he works odd hours. It's just, you know, it's hard to, hard to uh, coordinate that. Um, but I also had have friends that I've met from my guilds from playing World of Warcraft, and uh, we're still friends. Uh, we're you know friends in real life, and uh, you know, and it's just kind of interesting uh, the personalities and the and the people that you get to meet when that's kind of when in, that is the goal of a guild or of you know of the true social aspect of gaming where. You, you know, you figure out what, what their strengths are and, and, you know, you figure out a way that, to integrate them into whatever it is you're doing, whether it's raiding or whatever. And while you're doing those things, you really get to know those people, um, you know, in chat. And uh, it used to be, I, I don't know if it's just a part of my personality, but I used to hate to get into the chat and get in, go on to mumble or go on to vent and have to talk to these people because it's like, I don't know you. I don't really want to talk. To really? Anybody. Oh, that yeah. never bothered me at all. Well, oh, you're just, one of those. yeah, I just, in, if I didn't really know you, I didn't want to have to communicate with you if it was, something, you know, what's, what's that funny about that is that that is the difference between whether or not something works though, as a guild, right? Because, like I used to require no mic, no Johnny. You know what I mean? Because right. you can't react fast enough over keyboard. You've got to communicate like with your mouth. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. if you're going to be truly good, you've got to talk. So you can't have people that are like super shy or don't want to say anything because they're just going to hold everybody up. Right. Well, and, and in my defense, I never did that if we were raiding, you know, I just didn't go into chat all the time because it just wasn't it wasn't it i'm not a small talker i hate talking on the phone you know as much as that is ironic that we're doing you could have fooled me <laughs> <laughs> well i'm talking about something i'm interested in you know i don't give a shit about your day or what you know what the weather is like or anything like that if we're talking about something that's in that <laughs> i know that sounds hard i'll make you give a shit about my day it, well i do give a shit about your day i asked about it you know and and so in those respects <laughs> but you know somebody who calls me out of the blue to talk to me about nothing well, I don't. I'm not really interested in that. Um, and, and and I don't some, think anybody's a phone talker anymore, really. Though I think that's a dying art. I agree. I agree. And and I, although I think it's necessary, a necessary art, you need to be able to communicate that way. Um, I think a lot of it gets blown out of proportion, where there's conversations that need to be had, and there's some that do not. And and although you know, I say that out of one side of my mouth and there are some friends that I enjoy talking to even if it is superficial conversation just cuz those people I do enjoy talking to it's I, it's it's a weird dynamic and I think I'm just one of those people that I'm moody when it comes to talking <laughs> either I, sometimes <laughs> I do enjoy it and sometimes I do not and if I do not then I won't and if I do then I will so you know that's that's more or less uh and it's not something that can be easily explained that way. I guess it's it's a case by case basis. So during the podcast, right. absolutely like to talk. Uh, if we're in a raid, and and in the guilds that I've been in, I've enjoyed the company of all the people and talking to most of those people. And I think that just kind of is what it is. If you're in long enough and you get to know the people, then I will come out and talk a lot more. If not, then I just kind of keep to myself. You know. So maybe you're just not good with introductions. 
you know, and the thing is, is, is I'm not that bad. Um, at least I don't think I am. Um, it's just odd. I'm odd. I rebel against <laughs> social conformity for the most part. I am a anti-conformist conformist. I don't make I mean, sense. I'll fully admit I'm adult and I like tend to not want to make new friends because I have a lot of friends already. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't need more. Just too, 20, too many friends. You know? Yeah. All the you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Like, I don't even have that many. I just have enough for me. Right. I'm good. You well, know? You're, like, you're I, realistic with yourself. There's only so much time. So. Yeah. And I don't need, like, tons of friends. Right. Like, a handful is good. If you have a handful, then you're fortunate, you know? Because a lot of pe- some people don't have truly have that many friends. Because, like I said, it takes time to that's invested in these people. And if you don't have time to invest in the people you can't develop relationships and all that stuff so it's why i think the the uh, guild stuff can work and it works much differently than the social aspects of gaming now so uh, i guess in in you know to finish up that topic it i don't think that social aspects of gaming really affect my gaming at all anymore for the most part i mean i'm even in i play world of warcraft even though my time in that game may be coming to an end uh sadly um really is yeah. this baby? Baby alert? Well, not just that. Yeah, baby alert for sure. But I just don't, I find that I don't have time to invest in it like I need to, you know, like to, to do it justice and to justify $15 a month. Um, right. So, you know, oh, I, that's I just, great. It still costs money. Yeah, it still costs that. money. It's the one I think that does and will probably continue to cost money. So, uh, I just don't have the time to invest, and they're about to come. You know, the next patch and is coming out soon, for seven point three, uh, and then the next um, expansion, I imagine, will be out. You know, within the next within the next calendar year, easily. Um, so, you know, that's that's a that's a daunting uh, task to think about because of where I came from and all the things that they had to do. And this, I mean, this was a great expansion. I just don't have the time to invest in it. So, um, well, so have I, you gotten to you're raid ready though, aren't you? So, I'm raid ready. I've been raiding and, you know, I just haven't seen the end game content. I haven't finished the last raid. Uh, oh, you, wow. Okay. Where you kill Goldan and, um, and I think you've, no faced, spoilers for me anyway. I stopped playing years ago. Well, Goldan's died like a hundred times. So, um, yeah. you know, this, this is like quantum physics. There's alternate realities and this is, this is, Alternate Goldan, so um, from Draenor when and blah 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 blah. We're like you're like two blah, or three blah, blah, expansions blah. behind, yeah. So yeah, um, this is this it's it's kind of meta to know that Illidan wants Illidan's now a good guy who wants to kill Goldan, and Nerzol's skull is where he got. I just a whole bunch. It's it's a little convoluted at this point, but you know. I, I mean, like you're just saying words. None of them mean anything <laughs> to me. I think I stopped playing in Catalyst. Ooh, oh, Cataclysm. Yeah, that's Gosh, the one. Just get it. Well, speaking of words, you know, uh, speaking of words, uh, do you like books? What are your thoughts on books? This topic's brought <laughs> to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. We're all multitaskers in this day and age, and books are great, but Audible performances are even better. Why don't you enrich your life and check out Audible's trial service by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and receive a free audiobook and 30-day trial to check out their service. 
Amanda, what's our recommendation this week? Our recommendation for this week is kind of an old school one. Uh, it is uh, Ruyard Kipling's The Jungle Book, The nice. Mogwai Stories. Um, and did I say Mogwai? I meant Mowgli. I do not know why I'd I said Mogwai. I'm thinking story. about. I'm a big fan of the You know. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, but it is two hours and 34 minutes. And it is, it won an award for the best audio drama last year. So it's pretty highly rated. Who doesn't? And it's available in the free trial. I mean, who doesn't have two hours to listen to somebody read to them, you know? While you're doing something else, it won an award. So head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started. Topic number two. Now I had this. Two. I had this set up as a as a dual topic, but uh, I cut out one of them because I want to do it another day. So instead of doing video okay. game crushes and okay. your favorite video game sidekick, I just want to do your video game crush. So this can be your first video game crush or your current video game crush or both. It can be either one. And since we kind of make the rules as we go along, and typically I break them anyway. Who would be your favorite or current video game crush? I think I know one of them. If you have more than one, I know at least one of them. So yeah, well, it's no secret that I'm going to say Zevran from <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. Yes, that was my we guess. all know I'm going to say that. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to get him out of the way, and I will say that he's a former flame, and I will replace him now that I am older and more mature <laughs> and more with mature. the ultimate Silver Fox. Gerald of Rivia. Nice. The witch. Like, he's just, you know, he's got it all going on. You know, he's he's got the scars. He's got the war wounds. He's got the hair. Good hair if you're any good at doing, going to the barbershop. And bad hair if you made him chop it off, because how dare you? Um, <laughs> I'm like, that shouldn't even be an option. Gerald has hair. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Um, but anywho, I think He's got like a good bit of humor, or whatever. You get to see a lot of him, which is nice. Um, and <laughs> and he was really good in the first game that I played with him, which is on the which was on the 360, and even better in The Witcher 3 on the Xbox One. You know, quality graphical rendering. Well, you know much I mean? better, and so, so you get to see more of him. Literally exactly. and figuratively, that it's better. Literally, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I hear they're making a TV series. Um, well, about th- be ready for disappointment. No, don't say that. Why would I be disappointed? Do you know something? <sighs> just I don't see, know. How are they going to? No, I don't yet. But I mean, just how are they going to live up to the expectations of having somebody who's, you know, in your in in your mind just as attractive, and has all of the things, you know, the that doesn't look hokey. You know, I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, it's possible. What's his name? Joe. I'm Mantegna. sure they could manage it. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if nice. you could give him a ponytail or whatever, man bun, that's yes. that's salt and pepper. Bill and ben. he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, anyway. And you so, could, no, look, you could roll out the guy who played the Green Ranger and dye his hair white. And he already knows all the moves. Job that's done. true. And that's he true. rocked long hair. For a long time. I think they need to roll him out. What's he doing? 
Yeah, well, he's at every Comic Con that I think I've ever been to. So <laughs> he's so cool. He, when he I... is cool, and he's really nice, and he's very approachable. So yeah, um, loves the fan, loves the fan culture. I dig it. I mean, oh. I'd, I'd watch it anyway, just because I'm a fan. I mean, surely you're a fan of Yennefer or the other one. <laughs> I am, and you get to see a lot of her. Um, <laughs> so I, I, it, I don't know which one I like, whether I like Yennefer or Triss more. I feel like Yennefer. Triss is a bit dull. Yeah, I, Yennefer just, was the one that is the only one that I really know from Witcher 3, so... Um, did you did you play all of The Witcher three? No, like, I have not. I have not finished it. Yet. territory. Yeah, I have not finished. Did it you yet. did you make a choice between the two of them? No, I have not yet. Are you trying to play both of them off against each other? I haven't gotten far enough to where that's even an issue. So, uh, like, hi. she's missing right now. Yennefer's still missing. I haven't caught up with her yet. Oh, God, you've, like, just started. Yes, you are correct. Like, I beat the Griffin, and then I'm, like, I got caught on... You beat the Griffin? That's the first mission, I understand. (laughs) You beat the Griffin, and then you go on... I've been on, like, a hundred side quests from that point. Like, I haven't even really... We're firmly in spoiler territory. Okay, so I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to... uh, It's too good. One day I will get back to it. So, of course. Right? I just say she's, like... Yeah, I know. The to-do but list. Jennifer's, she's, you call her Miss Jen if you're nasty. You know That's what I mean? right. And okay. I am, and I will. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would say Gerald of Rivia, and then I would, in the non-human species list, firmly put Iron Bull from <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition, because he rocked my world. <laughs> in the game, maybe literally as well. Um, yeah, and I didn't know that he was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I was I was against it initially when I yeah. found out, and then I was like, no, I've, I've come to terms with it, and now Freddie Prince Jr. is forever known as Iron Bull, and that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm actually a really big fan of his. As time has gone on, and just seeing him, how he interacts with fans, kind of his philosophy on things in general. I'm actually a pretty big fan of his. I would love to, if Freddie, if for some reason you happen to stumble upon this, love to have you on the podcast. Love to interview you at some point, just because your love for Star Wars, uh, geek fandom in general, I think it would be awesome. So he'd be a great. He'd and be a great... I would love to have you on the podcast, but for none of those very wholesome reasons. <laughs> All right. Do the voice. Exactly. So. Uh, <laughs> Let's get on this. Not literally. Um, <laughs> be careful. Iron Bull. Uh, exactly. He doesn't mind. He's good with anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would have to go back a little bit further in gaming history uh, for my first crush. My first crush was actually Chun-Li. Um, uh, okay. Uh, she um, said literally no words in games. Um, it was purely aesthetic, so there was it was a completely superficial relationship that I had with Chun Li. So, uh, but the, definitely <laughs> so you the, cannot judge me for Iron Bolt. Oh, not at all. I mean, <laughs> Chun Li said less, much less. I mean, it was more just uh, you got to hear her more or less moan when she lost and uh, kind of yell when she was upside down kicking with uh, you know 
in cosplay, you know, with huge, incredibly well-defined legs. Um, and so, you know, that was that was my first int- And, you know, when that game came out, I'm, you know, a s- freshman, sophomore in high school. Uh, so right there at the budding age uh, for just superficial to be enough for me to be a fan. So uh, Chun-Li was definitely and my you first are just old enough for budding age to sound gross. Oh, it was for, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, Chun, uh, you know, and the thing was is that uh, later on there was another character. Uh, oh, man, now I can't think of her name. Um, Cammy, I think is her name, where she wore like a, a unitard that just was a... a a thong um and so basically whenever she won she would just she wore a beret and like a unitard thong and when she won she would turn her back to you so you just saw her butt and you know it was like now you're trying too hard this is <laughs> this is uh this isn't it, it's you know. i feel like we need to go back and revisit our feminism episode you're letting me down yeah. at no point did i objectify either of any of my picks. Oh, I know. I have- I, absolutely. I completely agree. And like I said, it was uh it was a thing where like I said, there 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 but I think this is a testament to games in a negative way where female characters in gaming over the you know, the first major portion of gaming was pretty much superficial. You know, there was no personality to Princess Zelda. There was no personality to Princess Peach. You know, there weren't a whole lot of female characters in gaming that had... Samus literally had no personality either. So, like, if you were thinking of a female gamer or a female game character, how would you define it? Like, what would you use to describe those characters, you know? And I would say... I mean, if I was going to pick a girl crush, it would be Ivy from Soul Calibur. And right. she had personality in spades. Right. Like, well, see, I never played Soul Calibur. Bitch. I never played oh, Soul Calibur. Oh, man, you're you know? missing out. I mean, we know all you'll care about is the fact that she wears a bikini. But, you know. True. <laughs> That's all I remember <laughs> from that game. Um, so, you know, I would say uh, as gaming progressed, and I actually... Um, there were actually more well-defined, in my opinion, from games that I played, more well-defined female characters in gaming. Uh, a lot of people say Tifa um, or uh, Lulu from Final Fantasy X, which I actually did really like Lulu's character. Um, she was kind of like a very motherly figure. Had one of the least practical costumes in gaming, which was like an off-the-shoulder uh, costume that had like a 100 belts. The lower half of her costume was just belts. And in an address made no sense. Doesn't make sense uh, for cosplaying purposes. Probably a nightmare, uh, but would look awesome. Um, but I mean, her character was one of the first that I really um, was that I that I really like. It's kind of like what was it, Morgan or whatever her name was from uh, um, Dragon Age? Is that the name of the character? Yeah, Ooh. but Morgan was everything. Yeah, everything. But I liked Morgan. I, Morgan was a great character. Like I, I re, like I liked her. Like he had a crush on that character. Um, I chased her around she and tried to say, 
I always tried to say the thing that I thought she wanted me to say. Instead of, like, I typically will say whatever I think I would say in this situation, I tried to say what she wanted me to say <laughs> in that situation. So she was she was definitely a major crush, too. Um, uh, and, and so probably my, my biggest crush. I really liked Cheryl from Metal Gear Solid as well. Um, I thought she was a really strong female character that I had a crush on that I was hoping that Snake would figure figure out life and, and be able to ride off into the sunset with her, which depending on how you ended that game, really, I mean, is, is it more or less how it happened. The ending's so convoluted to Metal Gear Solid that I'm not really sure if it was a good or bad ending anyway. You, you know, it's it, they always make it sound like it's, the you know, post-apocalyptic. Um, so, so, you know, uh, Chun-Li originally, uh, Morgan, um, Lulu from Final Fantasy X, uh, so I had, I had a few, Cheryl, uh, I think it is her name, not Cheryl, um, Chloe from, uh, Uncharted is also a really good character. I liked Elena from, from Metal Gear. And if, I mean, from, uh, Uncharted, uh, two characters that kind of were different sides of the same coin. Did you play much Uncharted? No, I didn't play much Uncharted or uh, any. Or much, by much, I mean none. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so Chloe Chloe was a character that that is kind of the other side. It's like the the risky version of Elena or the risque version and the risky version. Um kind of a wild card in terms of uh female uh protagonists. Um the kind of person that would just get Nathan Drake in trouble, I think. And Elena was more of the grounded version and talks sense into uh Nathan Drake and was definitely the best fit for him, even though probably not his initial first choice, uh, especially if you play the fourth game where he's, you can tell he's drawn back into, he, he really wants to be this, you know, travel the world and, and he's, uh, you know, it feels like he's missing something, but it really wasn't. It was something he just wasn't communicating to Elena. And had he done that, you know, he might not have gone on this adventure with his brother and figured it out, but he also wouldn't have had that conversation with Elena. All these spoilers uh, for the game that you're probably not going to play. But, um, you know, it, had he not gone across, uh, you know, gone all over the world and chased this treasure and helped his brother out and all this stuff, he might not have had the conversation with Elena that I talked about, I think, in an episode or two ago that was pretty much the whole... Uh, it was it was the whole episode or the whole uh, level where you're driving around in a jeep talking to your wife and about things that you probably should have worked out uh, earlier. But had you not gone on this trip, it may not have come to surface. So uh, I would say that was that would be my my ultimate um, there and probably the most well developed character that I've chosen of all of these characters. So and for that, I thank you. And so does feminism. <laughs> You're welcome, and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, for my initial reaction. But I yeah, you didn't design them. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't my choice. So, last topic: featured favorites. So this, you know, this is our topic where we discuss one of our favorite games of all time. You know, and again, these aren't necessarily critically acclaimed or anything like that. These just happen to be our favorite games. So, this week, what would be your featured favorite game to share with uh, with the listeners? Well, Watch Dogs got me thinking about another, you know, techie favorite of mine, which is Deus Ex. Deus Ex, um, yeah. And 
to be honest, I like the both of them. You know, like I like the first one and the second one. And I don't think I could pick, you know, between the two of them, which one would be my favorite. So I'll just, you know, say that that series, I think, is an example of the whole tech concept without being fully in the future, like without going full mass effect, you know, without going full star Trek, it's kind of like the mere future and it tackles things. I think we all will have to come to terms with in our own lifetime is that, you know, people are getting augments now for surgery, you know, for medical reasons, you know, where they're getting prosthetics and, they're getting implants and they're getting, you know, ocular regenerative surgery and they're, you know, all sorts of things that are technically augments and enhancements on their current, you know, human body. Right. And, you know, there are scientists dotted around the globe that are, that want to have a future like that where there are, you know, augmented human beings, you know, biotically enhanced human beings. So I think we're going to, as a species, have to come to terms with that a lot sooner than we will long-distance space travel or anything like that. So those sort of franchises really do kind of speak to me. And Deus Ex, I think, did the story well. There were a lot of problems with the game, like the way it handled. It's a bit clunky, and you know sometimes you can lose the plot, and the map wasn't very good, and there's lots of technical reasons to not like it. But the deep-down like heart of the story is the reality i think that you know i honestly believe we'll face in you know the next few decades when people you know are faced with a choice to live as a essentially partially augmented person or miss you know having that movement or having that ability and that's kind of where it starts i i think if i lost a limb I would be the first person to sign up to have a robot arm. But then for sure. Yeah. How do you stop that? You know, what if my robot arm is just a little bit stronger than it was before yeah. or a lot stronger or could crush you, you know, <laughs> yeah. that at what point do you stop? You know what I mean? Like, at what point yeah. does it become dangerous? So, and I think everybody's going to have to face that at some point. I think Deus Ex is, is an excellent game for telling that story and seeing the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the, I I guess just the, the social repercussions of that and, and, um, how people are, are going to be prejudiced against those that are augmented versus, uh, you know, as one of the major themes in that game. Is that you know you've got the people who are augmented and those that are not, and and the prejudice against those that are augmented is being kind of like um, outside of you know normal society and stuff. So I I actually I agree with you, and I kind of look to welcome that in a way. Like I I think that's going to be really fascinating how people end up doing that, but it's obviously going to be used for the military and 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 other things like that, which will change maybe the way that people really think of it. Uh, so yeah, I think that's something we are gonna have to face. That's a good game. It's a good game. One of my favorites. Um, although side note, I hated the way that some of the boss fights were because I, I, I think I've said this in a previous episode. I was a stealth 
I was very stealthy in that game, and that's how I built my character. And then when you have to go head head up, toe to toe with certain uh, bosses, which it makes you do, well, my character wasn't equipped to do that. Uh, you know, it was it, I didn't augment my character in a way that made him uh, strong to go toe to toe with with people. You know, I I didn't get in shootouts. I was stealthy and went around and made sure to kill everybody. It took me a lot longer. So um, anyway, frustrating. Did you play the second one? I haven't yet. I have not. Oh, uh, see, when you play the second one, if you play as a stealth character, you're pretty much invincible. Like, yeah. uh, the final boss, I was just hiding in vents the whole time, and I killed him in hand-to-hand combat. I just popped out. <laughs> well, I, uh... After I tranked him, like, so you should definitely <laughs> check it out, because you'll be much better this time around. Well, good, and I think that they fixed some of the things that I wasn't good at last time. So, um, I, I want to try it. That's a you know, let's put it on the list of things to do. Um, <laughs> that will maybe be my first game that I rent. Uh, Deus Ex uh, Machina. Or See, there else. you go. M- Mankind divided. Mankind Wait, divided. That's what it is. Yeah. Machina was maybe the first one. Um, yeah, that was the first one. Um, I think so. For me, uh, I'm going to go back in time because, you know, one of the things I, I like about this dynamic between you and I is that you definitely are more uh, contemporary in your gaming. You didn't play a lot of the older systems um, that and, and don't maybe have the fondness for it and definitely don't have the fondness for Nintendo like I do. Um, that was my first major system, the NES, and the game that stands out to me, if I had to define a game, or have a game that defined that system, it would be Super Mario Brothers 3. Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, to me, was... I played it, actually, in the arcade for the first time. There used to be these consoles that you could go... These arcade consoles that you could go to the arcade and you could play... You could pick and choose different games that would be on it. It's almost like a Neo Geo-type setup, where you could just... You know, you had like four or five games you could pick from. You could pick one and play that. And Mario uh, was one of those games that was in one of those big consoles. And so that was the first time I ever got to play it. I had a friend that actually owned those games. He would buy the games and he would put them in different places. And so like it was his game and they might put it in like a Taco Bell or put it in a convenience store. And he owned the game, but it would get people into the convenience store, get people into the restaurant, and they would play and they would buy food or whatever. But he would go around and collect all the money that people put into those games. So it wasn't the actual <laughs> establishment's game. And that, I thought that was awesome, you know, because we used to get to go play them, put them together and play them first. So like Altered Beast or, uh, you know, any of these games that used to come out and you would play in the arcades he would put them together and we would just play them in his warehouse before they went out into the arcades. So it was pretty cool. Um, and that was one of them. So anyway, I just have, I have the most fond memories of that particular game from the music to, uh, you know, figuring out how to, how, what the fastest way to get to level eight or the world eight one or whatever, where you're actually fighting, you know, you're at the end of the game essentially. And being able to skip all the shitty levels, like, Level 7 or World 7, uh, which is like the hardest of all of the worlds, much harder than the end. Um, and, uh, you know, the different suits, because that's when you first got to uh, be a Tanuki, which I know is, is I think it's a mythological Japanese creature. Um, but in the game, you know, it's kind of, it has the ability to fly and everything, but also can turn to stone. And that's, you know, 
one thing that I feel is is pretty cool about gaming is I learned a lot about culture. You learn a lot about culture in gaming, and I didn't know that Tanuki is really something that <laughs> is a part of Japanese culture. I'm not, I'm not sure it's a real thing. I'm pretty sure it's a mythological creature. But it's just one of the many things that I've learned about other cultures, including like the things I learned in Final Fantasy about what... Uh, Mazamune, I think, is the name of the sword, which is an actual um, mythological sword in, in Japanese culture, but it's one that you get to use. It's one of your final swords in Final Fantasy. Uh, Fenrir is a Nordic uh, a Nordic god. It's the, the wolf god uh, of Fenris, uh, which is also in Thor, this in the upcoming Thor movie. Fenrir, Fenris, uh, Fenrir yeah. Or Fenris is in that in that movie. Well, that's, that's one of your... Uh, that's one of your summons in Final Fantasy. So there's all kinds of stuff like that that kind of is a hodgepodge of different cultures. And that's cultures. one of my boyfriends from Dragon Age Inquisition. Is Fenris or Fen... What's his he, name? You know, Fenris, yeah. Uh, yeah, see, there you um, go. And it, it's 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 these, these uh, combinations of different cultures and different things that you get to learn were actually a part of. It wasn't just made up, you know, it's drawn from different cultures, and I think stuff like that is cool. But I... Anyway, I, I have a I have a great affinity for Super Mario Three. I think it's one of the most influential of the Super Mario games. There's probably three with that one, Super Mario World, and maybe uh, Super Mario uh, 64, which was the 3D version, which I was great because it it changed you know how Super Mario or how Mario games were played. Now it's three dimensional. I didn't personally like it as much as a lot of people do. Um, this one really is the one I think that. Uh, is probably my the one that I hold and and this one in Super Mario World high highest uh, highest honors in my book so Super Mario three for me and Deus Ex Machina for you so closing thoughts any closing thoughts on uh, this week's topics of video game crushes and uh, social gaming Well, that wraps up this episode of Reptile Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you like this and want to see more from us, you can support us on Patreon at patreon slash templeofgeek and have an opportunity to come on the podcast with us. Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.